more FM, A's here. Got Professor Black Truth's newest content. Family and fellow soldiers, I'm the professor, and this is the moment of truth. You know about the only tradition in America more consistent than the killing and arming of black people is how this country likes to take the corpses of those dead black people this country murdered and try to profit off of them. The misuse and abuse of Emmett Till's memory began with the racist W administration. That clown's DOJ bizarrely announced that they were reopening the Till case, not that they had ever actually opened the case to begin with. And even the white media couldn't pretend as if this made any sense. When asked why they were doing it, W's DOJ said that they didn't really have a reason, they just thought that they should. And of course, afterwards, they promptly announced, well, there was nothing to see here, so we're closing the case again. You know, that reminds me of the murder of Matrice Richardson, who went missing after being arrested by L.A. Sheriff's deputies. Her corpse was found some time later, and the police claimed that they don't know anything about it. You'll recall that Kamala Harris was Attorney General of California at the time. She claimed that there was nothing to investigate in the Matrice Richardson case. But then when Kamala decided to run for the Senate, she suddenly decided that she was interested in the Matrice Richardson case again. And she pretended to be right up until she won her Senate seat. Then she immediately announced, well, there was nothing to see here and we're dropping the case again. So using murdered black people as footballs in white supremacy's game of power politics has a long and putrid history in this country. And this sick game is still going on today. Joe Biden has announced that he's establishing a monument in the honor of Emmett Till and his mother, and that this monument will be across two states. Now, let's get the obvious out of the way. Why are they doing this pointless gesture, and why are they doing it now? The white media headlines gave the game away. Biden's trying to gin up the black vote. That's why he decided to make sure that Emmett Till's mother was included in all this. Now, while I certainly don't besmirch or minimize her importance, let's be clear here. She wasn't the one who was murdered. It's been this black feminist nonsense that tries to take the murder of Emmett Till and make it all about his mother instead. That was not what Emmett Till's mother said that she wanted. She never got out there and said, this is about me. People need to recognize how important I am. Look at how hard I'm, you guys should make a monument to me. She never said that. She said she wanted justice for her murdered child. And to try to exalt her over Emmett Till, that's black feminist propaganda. Biden is playing to that though. He wants to see if he can pander to the black female vote with a monument to a woman whose son was murdered, a murder that he said nothing about and did less than nothing about. For several years now, the Democrats have been trying these little PR stunts to see if they can find a way to ingratiate themselves with black female voters without actually doing anything for them. If you're going to build a monument in Emmett Till's honor and decide to make his mother part of it, then don't you have to admit to the fact that you didn't do anything for her? So what they want you to think of as being a touching, poignant, and hopefully a move that can help to heal the wounds that these white supremacists inflicted. They're not even bothering to pretend that this isn't some crass political maneuver. See, that's why they're not replacing Kamala Harris. Black women are the quote unquote, most loyal voter base in America and have nothing to show for all that loyalty. As they see it, let's shoehorn Emmett Till's mother into this and they're hoping black women will see this and say, you go girl. And then hopefully Joe and the boys can get themselves some quickie votes. And don't let them tell you that this is about history either. That's the last thing this is about. 
Biden wanted to move quickly on this because Kamala Harris went down to Florida so that she could make some empty talk about DeSantis' latest little pro-slavery white revisionist historical move. Biden is hoping that if he pretends to be pushing back against the Republicans' white supremacist indoctrination in the classrooms, then hopefully black people will see this and be conned into voting for it. This is more of his pathetic voter outreach, but whereas he demands black people hand him something, he's handing us absolutely nothing. None of us asked for a monument to Emmett Till. There's already a number of those already. What we demanded is punishment of the animals who murdered that child. And every presidential administration since the 50s, both Republican and Democrat, has been utterly silent on punishment for the murderers. The only time they bring up Emmett Till is to use his murder as a cynical ploy to try to finesse themselves in black votes. And they would predictably, after the election, announce that, well, they're still not going to do anything. And of course, being the white media, they have to try to push the idea that black people just need to accept this and move on. That's the slant of the white media's so-called coverage of this. They bring on an alleged cousin of Emmett Till, who is himself a preacher, no surprise, and who was invited to the White House to see Biden sign this do-nothing gesture. And this preacher man, he had the nerve to say, America is changing. America is making progress. I've seen a lot of changes over the years, and I try to tell young people that they happen, but they happen very slow. You know, when I hear a black person talking like that, slow is the word that comes to mind. Maybe this cousin of Emmett Till should be told that seven-year-old Ayanna Jones was murdered by a thug with a badge, and nothing was done about that. She was younger than Emmett Till. Tamir Rice was 12 years old when he was murdered by a thug with a badge, younger than Emmett Till. So where's all this progress at? This is what these sniveling old decrepit Negroes tell themselves so they can feel better about not having done anything about injustice. And also because whenever the white media or white politicians or just white folks in general are in front of them, they start tap dancing, they start buck dancing, doing that kumbaya crap. They do whatever it takes to make sure nobody feels uncomfortable around them, even at the expense of their own lives or their own family members' lives. This is how the white media frames this do-nothing gesture about Emmett Till. Well, his own cousin says that things are changing. What's changing? Nothing's changed. Well, uh, there, there was a biracial guy in the White House. Yeah, he didn't do anything for black people either. That's a distinction without a difference. Change is when things are different. Things do not resemble the way they were before. You don't do some window dressing and then say things have changed. It's not change at all. See, these old Negroes never had any fight in them. They didn't become sniveling and cowardly like this in their old age. They were always like this. John Lewis didn't become a bootlick in his old age. He was a coward back in the 60s, saying that he told the police that beat him that he thanked them for their service. What service is he talking about? Brutalizing law-abiding black citizens demanding their constitutional rights? Yeah, you got these Negroes, be they on the political left or the political right, they always got to perform for their white benefactors. Now, if he was so eager to make excuses for someone brutally attacking him, what do you think happens when he hears about black people, even black children, being attacked and killed? You think he's going to stand up for them? He didn't. This is who the white media tries to call black leaders, preachers, political prostitutes, and media whores, all beholden to white power. So no, this is not about pushing back against racist Republican stunts like the ones they're doing in Florida, teaching that slavery was a good thing. That's not what this is about. Democrats are not pushing back against that at all. 
Nobody in the Democratic Party is calling what Florida is doing indoctrination. They're not saying that at all. They're not even using that word, even though that's exactly what the Republicans are doing. Absolutely nowhere is Biden or any other Democrat talking about withholding federal funds from Florida or any other state who tries these racist historical revisionism stunts. Same way they refuse to do anything about the murder of Emmett Till. They wouldn't even say anything. This is not about fighting racism, and it's not about pushing back against the Republicans' racist historical revisionism either. This is about protecting racism and about allowing the concealment and rewriting of history to happen without any sort of pushback. Both political parties are in agreement about the necessity to oppress black people. It was people who are on the so-called political left who also have put out racist attempts at rewriting the history of the country and teaching lies about slavery to elementary school children. A few years back, the black media told you about a so-called children's book called A Birthday Cake for George Washington. It was written and illustrated by a couple of intersectional women, and the entire point of the book was to show a black girl on George Washington's plantation, though the book doesn't call it that. And this black girl encounters one of Washington's slaves, a man named Hercules. And the entire point is that they're going to make a birthday cake for Washington's birthday. They do drawings as if Hercules was just the neighborhood baker making a cake for that nice guy George Washington's birthday because he was so kind to everyone. No mention of how Hercules was imprisoned on Washington's plantation. And also no mention of how Hercules ran away from Washington's plantation either. And he did it on Washington's 65th birthday. See, if you're going to try to talk about Hercules and making a cake for George Washington, wouldn't the most obvious common sense thing be to mention that in real life when Hercules made a cake for Washington, he took that as an opportunity to escape. This book wasn't about history, it was about propaganda. Keep in mind, this book didn't come out of racist Ron DeSantis' Florida miseducation system. This book came from people who were supposed to be identifying as something other than conservatives, and yet they did the exact same thing the Republicans have done. The GOP has whined and complained that the point of history is to make people feel good about America. Why tell children a pile of lies about Washington? To make them feel good about a slave owner, and ultimately to make them think that slavery wasn't so bad. Because if you teach that the slaves who were being imprisoned by Washington couldn't wait to escape, then the kiddies might get the idea that George Washington wasn't a good person. And this is about validating and justifying America's racist present. That's the goal of all this racist historical revisionism that we see from the white left and the white right. The anti-black racism never stopped. So you start off making up lies about the past, saying that slavery wasn't so bad. Why, they liked George Washington. They even made the guy cakes for his birthday. Because if slavery wasn't so bad, then nobody can complain about modern-day America, you know, where Emmett Till is kidnapped, tortured, mutilated, and murdered, or the unbroken line of heinous killings of black people all the way to the present. Why, you can't complain about how you're being treated today, because look at how you were being treated during slavery. Oh, wasn't it so good back then? It wasn't that bad. We let white Democrats do some photo op PR stunt after the murder of George Floyd, where they wear multicolored scarves and pretend to be taking a knee in a gymnasium. Keep in mind, it was the leaders of the Democratic Party, like Nancy Pelosi, who presided over the wholesale ethnic cleansing of their cities, like San Francisco, driving the black residents out. And the same with Chuck Schumer in New York. They lie through their teeth, claiming to be friends of the black community, but their actions show that they're every bit as racist as the Republicans. 
They've been in power for decades, and we see exactly what they've done with their positions. They've used them to make it easier to drive black people out of these cities and to keep black people out. And then they have the nerve to take a knee and pretend to be indignant about the murder of George Floyd. When black children were being murdered by the police, they did nothing. When black parishioners were slaughtered by a white supremacist in Charleston, South Carolina, Democrats sent Obama to sing a few bars of Al Green. When an LGBT nightclub was shot up, however, Democrats were up in arms about it. They held a sit-in on the floor of the House, something they've never done for black people at all. When illegal immigrants' children were being held in detention centers on the border, the Democrats raised hell about it. Nobody asked them to dress up for black folks after the murder of George Floyd, and nobody asked them to take a knee. What we demanded was punishment for the murderers, and not just the thugs in Minneapolis either. After Democrats did that do-nothing stunt, we as black people gave them the presidency, the House, and the Senate, a clean sweep of the U.S. government. We rewarded them for their do-nothing gestures. And how did they repay us? They sent out clowns like nigga Jim Clyburn, America's favorite sharecropper, and James Carville, the Cajun Skeletor, and these two bastards attacked the very young black people who gave them control of the government, saying, Stop organizing and stop with the stuff, and stop demanding that we be punished. You know, y'all gonna lose us elections. They were saying this while we were the ones handing them the elections on a silver platter. And what were they objecting to? They were objecting to young black people saying there must be punishment when black people are killed. What do liars do when their lies have nothing to stand on? What they do is they try to demand that the subject be changed. And if that fails, then they try to change the basis for the argument altogether. We have seen this stunt before. A lot of black people got all dewy-eyed and their hearts went pitter-pat because Biden and the Democrats said that they would propose a law named after George Floyd. Okay, and whatever became of that admittedly worthless gesture? Absolutely nothing. Now, for Asians, Biden didn't do all of that talking and jawjacking. He just went into office and started doing things for the Asian community. The reason that this racist historical revisionism is so irresistible to both those on the white left and the white right is because both of them are adherents to the idea of white exceptionalism. They both are products of and utterly dependent on white privilege. And when you think that you're exceptional, that means you can't make a mistake in word or deed. The problem they have is that the putrid, ragged cloak of infallibility that they've tried to drape over themselves for centuries has always been ripped off of them by the righteous black masses, the true conscience of the world. We have exposed the grotesque, naked racism of this white supremacist society to the entire planet. And yes, we have shamed them because their behavior has been reprehensible. Had these white supremacists not acted as beasts for hundreds of years all the way to the present, then they would have nothing to be ashamed of. That's what's going on all over this country. Imagine being so ashamed of your own behavior that you have to demand that it be banned. This stunt that you see from Biden mirrors the same revisionism that DeSantis and the racist right are carrying out. Both of them are trying to whitewash the historical record. Republicans don't want anyone talking about the racism white society has carried out, and the Democrats are doing this pathetic, empty, do-nothing gesture to get black people to feel better about nothing having been done about these constant injustices. This is how the white right and the white left play off of each other. One of them carries out the attacks, and the other one tries to get you to sit on your hands and do nothing about it. We have to call this out. It is the right the honor and the duty of the righteous to humiliate and shame evil people. It is our duty to make sure that they don't get to rewrite history, that we take their evil deeds, bring them to light,
and then force the bastards to wear it forever. Because this is who they truly are. And we won't allow them to run away from it either. We won't allow them to ever live it down. Biden did nothing and said nothing about Emmett Till's murder when he was in the Senate or when he was vice president, nor in the last three years as president. We won't let him use his deliberate and intentional refusal to act or even acknowledge the murder of Emmett Till for political profit. Biden is literally trying to win a second term over Emmett Till's dead body, the same way that he won a first term over George Floyd's. This is the height of perversion on his part. But as we all know, when it comes to these white supremacists, there's no low they won't stoop to. We are going to remind everyone that Biden's had 50 plus years to deal with the murder of Emmett Till, and instead he chose to write laws targeting black people. We will remind people not only of his inaction, but also of the things that he did, like the 94 crime bill, or as he used to call it back then, Biden's law. Because of the black media and the attention we brought to it, he doesn't call it that anymore. We'll also remind people how he began his political career, saying that black children didn't belong in the same schools as his own drug-addicted brats. The murder of Emmett Till was carried out by some degenerate southern racist trash. But it was the U.S. government's refusal to act that made it an execution by the state. If Biden wants to make a monument to Emmett Till, then he doesn't need to make a statue or even put up a plaque or even sign a proclamation. I would say that a proper monument to Emmett Till from Biden would be nothing. Because that's exactly what he did about it. Good day and be one. I'd like to take a moment to mention some of our contributors. <coughs> Captain Black, Sakina Collins, Michael Clark, Timothy Hall, and TJ Real. Salute to them and thank you to everyone for listening, liking, and sharing this message. Black empowerment only exists because of you. ...to use. That's what they're doing. You say, oh, I've got my grandfathered in, great-great-grandfather's two-shot shotgun. And that's my home protection tool, but the criminal is coming in with some sort of other GUN that has much more capacity, much more capability, and you really have nothing to do. Well, that fits this analogy. They say you can't fight tomorrow's wars with yesterday's rifles. After the last two decades battling terrorists in the Middle East, the article reads, the Navy and Marine Corps of the USA are embarking on a massive maritime war drill when they will prepare for a different kind of conflict. The Secretary of Defense has stated that the military wants to make sure that it remains relevant, that it must maintain a competitive edge for a future fight. That's what this large-scale exercise is all about, they say. 25,000 naval soldiers, and I'm going to show you, we can kind of go back here and see this is USNI News talking about the very same thing. 25,000 Marines preparing for global conflict in large-scale exercise 2023. So this is stated as a goal for them to improve warfighting effectiveness. The U.S. Fleet Forces Command Admiral has said that, quote, it's important to balance this going forward, making sure that we've got the right amount of force and the right amount of emphasis in each of these areas of responsibility, they say so we can spin those plates effectively, keep that muscle memory going, and know how to fight in all areas. Now, this is an important takeaway for you in an SHTF environment. If you're not training right now to try and get ready for something, whether that is training your body just to be more healthy so that you can fight off an infection, 
training your heart so that you don't have any sort of cardiac or uh, you know uh, any sort of issues with your body or your organs training your uh, body to fight training at the range training to hunt everything that you do is some form of training in fact that's why when you go to a job what's the first thing they do before you become a long duration servant of that corporation they put you through somewhat extensive training and then the rest is on the job training and then you're doing that job continually in perpetuity as you work for them so that you have that drilled into you every single day that's what the u.s military does that's what militaries all about all around our world do and that's what we need to do to prepare every facet of your life needs to be training for that next possible step of your job now if your job is a husband then that job might be keeping your wife or your family safe if your job is a wife that job might be a little bit different if your job is a father or a mother it has its own hats and that's why i believe that you have to wear different hats in your own responsibility i talked with a friend jordan you'll see him on the channel every once in a while and we talked about those hats recently about how you have to sometimes put on the dad hat you take that off and you have to put on the uh, husband hat you take that off and you have to put on the income earning hat you take that off and you have to put on the shelter bearing hat you take that off and you have to put on another and it goes for every person no matter what when you look down what you see you have to be ready and you have to wear different hats now this training exercise comes 20 years post 911 under this scenario they say america is up against a high-end tactically comparative foe there's only one of those in the world that's china it will test whether the u.s fleet forces the u.s pacific fleet and the u.s naval force europe will be able to handle a global conflict when one actually breaks out this exercise according to general brian kavanaugh gives us the opportunity to train new people that weren't here in the last 15 to 20 years to get back to their naval roots. It's all about naval war fighting, says the Lieutenant General. Now there's going to be six carrier strike groups taking part in this, that's the USS Bush, the Eisenhower, the Truman, the Carl Vinson, the Nimitz, and the Ronald Reagan. You're going to see amphibious ready groups, uh, groups involved, including the USS uh, Kearsarge, the IOG, Iwo Jima, and America. This will be the second exercise of this sort of extensiveness the first one took place that's right when this global conflict first started with china 2021 18,000 personnel were involved in that event at the time it was thought to be the largest exercise in an entire generation so what does that make this even bigger now according to actual military news it says that marines and the navy are taking part in a second crack at this which will simulate a massive global conflict connect the actions from a single sailor at a radar console up through the decisions that are made from the secretary of defense this exercise which kicks off next month puts together 25,000 marines and sailors 22 different time zones are taking place seven different fleets in total six u.s combat commands a blend of virtual and live training the marines and navy believe that the future will depend on how they train today disturbing the force allows us to actually do more with that force so that it punches above its weight that's the fleet forces commander admiral daryl coddle he told reporters that this is part of being ready for war command and control logistics are a part of this 
Now, why is China, why are we getting so, so ready for China? That's a question you need to start asking yourself. Let's bounce over a little bit to a new, uh, another news article and see. Well, here we go. Reuters reporting in that China, let me get rid of this ad right here. China is right now selling U.S. dollars to prop up the Chinese yuan. There is an economic war taking place today. And yep. it's one that you see very little of. Yeah, you can drop it right there. You see it in the Thank fact you. that your dollar, and let me see if I have, Kel, will you hand me your okay, dollar you over there? Uh, your dollar is worth less today than it was. And you might say, well, Brad, that's not true. My dollar is still worth 100 pennies. Well, not only are those 100 pennies not backed by a precious metal anymore, the precious metal copper, now that 100 pennies doesn't buy you what 100 pennies did just a couple of months ago. It definitely doesn't buy you what 100 pennies did a couple of years ago, and that's how this war takes place. Now, when you start to step back and look and see that, well, corporations are making more money than they ever have before, you'll say, Brad, the CEOs are richer than they ever have been. Look, Elon Musk takes out billions of dollars to do something. Look at what Bezos can do, and look at these guys. And you'll notice that there is always, in a economic crisis, two different levels of people. Now, the people who take advantage and the people who get taken advantage of. You can consider them, if you look at the world and wildlife, as predators or prey. Elon Musk, Jeff Bezos, but uh, Bill Gates, Walmart, all these different corporations are the predators. The prey are the people who get taken advantage of because when they say that your dollar right here is no longer worth this and it's just worth this much of the dollar, we still say, yes, please, can I have a receipt with my order? And we still go out and purchase these things. So they gain in wealth by reducing the amount of purchasing power that we have, and we still have to play in on their field. Just like the antelope still has to go get water from the same watering hole that the lions are at, even if the lions overwhelm that territory. You have no choice. You want to live, you go drink your water. You want to live in the United States, you pay your high rent, you pay your ridiculous, legally obligated insurance fees, you pay for your overinflated prices of products and goods and services at the store. Your food costs more when you buy it natural than when you buy some processed garbage that they're feeding you and you play their game, you're in their field, you're at their watering hole. The Chi and China knows this. China is selling off the U.S. dollar to prop up the yuan. According to the Reuters report, China's major state-owned banks right now are selling off in massive numbers, both onshore and offshore in the spot markets. Three people with direct knowledge, they say on the matter, are moving to aim at a warning that this is supporting the Chinese currency. Now, China's state bank, usually trades on behalf of the central bank in the country's foreign exchange market, but now they're trading on their own behalf, they say. The dollar sales come after China's top leaders pledged that they are stepping up their policy support for the economy as a post-COVID-19, they call it, recovery that focus on boosting domestic demand signals more change to come. Policymakers say that China will keep the yuan exchange rate stable and reasonable and balanced. It's interesting, according to HSBC, that the uh, individual mentioned the FX stability in the statement. For the first time in recent years, this means that smoothing the yuan depreciation pressures 
may become more of a policy priority right now and from now on. This is in line with the People's Bank of China, the PBOC, tightening its policy recently. Now, monetary authorities there are ramping up their efforts to weaken other currencies. The onshore won strengthened more than 0.6%, and then we saw 3.5% uh, is down against the greenback, but it's changing, and that's what you have to watch for, trends and change. If you're not buying today, you're going to pay more for it tomorrow. So if we understand that China is fighting against the United States economically, we can see why they are preparing 25,000 sailors to go to war with China. There's only one course of action when a government, an empire, begins to be threatened. You can't talk about this in politics. You can't send a delegation over to have tea or even have escorts and powdered noses. Instead, all you can do is kill, fight, and go to war. And that's what we're seeing happen right now. China and the USA are prepared to fight until the death. And so that means that you and I have to be prepared to fight for ourselves. Part of that fight comes in being a prepper, a survivalist, a homesteader, whatever you want to call it. And part of that preparation is understanding how bad things are out there and getting ready. Let us know in the comments how you're getting ready for China to continue to devalue your dollar, to make it worth less. And what do you think is going to happen next? as we enter into this new stage. From my family to yours, please stay safe and keep watching. Inside the North Korea, the regime wants to keep hidden. The way North Korean regime keeps the regime going is this pervasive security apparatus and fear tactics. If people stop believing in the regime, that means central control is breaking down. With undercover footage and exclusive interviews, Frontline uncovers a new generation risking their lives to smuggle images out and information in. North Korean defectors have emerged as very quiet agents of social progress. Threatening Kim Jong-un's total control of what the world sees of North Korea and of what North Koreans see of the world. There really is a potential here that something quite dramatic can happen. But how far will the new dictator go to hold on to power? If the government is willing to keep as many people as necessary to stay in power, it usually stays in power for a very long time. Frontline takes you inside the secret state of North Korea.
messing with this sister's feed. Always messing with her feed. Here she goes, she's coming back. Start this over. No messing with their feed, y'all. So, you know how YouTube is. Always playing with black content creators. As the Wagner or Wagner group continues to threaten the Polish border. That's according to the U.S. ambassador to Poland. The United States of America is beginning to suffer an economic calamity, according to economists, and a survey of large corporations across the USA is now warning that a strong majority of business economists believe that the United States of America will enter into an official recession, will be officially recognized by the government as a recession, within the next 12-month period. 
This means that your employers are going to make decisions in the next six to eight months whether or not they're going to lay you off, whether or not they will continue to pay you the amount that they are right now, how their health and benefits will be affected for all of their employees, and shape what your life is going to be like over the next couple of years. All the data that we are seeing shows that this recession for corporations, Great Depression for the American people, is going to last for years. We're seeing China right now making significant progress, and they're doing this in building up as the world's largest superpower. Right now, they're building a naval base in Cambodia. They're close to completing a pier that will birth aircraft carriers, according to satellite imagery. Now, these images that we've seen taken by Black Sky, which is a commercial U.S.-based commercial imagery company, they've been monitoring the construction of this naval base. The images show a completed pier that is strikingly similar, very close in size and design to a pier that the Chinese military used only in overseas bases. <clears throat> the Pentagon believes that China is building up its facilities, <coughs> excuse me, and it's doing so in Cambodia. This will boost China's naval power in the ocean. China and Cambodia have both denied that the People's Liberation Army, which is China's military, will have access to this base. But we're seeing a larger than ever naval presence from China. And U.S. Uh, naval strategists say that the United States of America currently lacks extensive international logistics that are able to operate against the Chinese influence. They say that these operations will allow the Chinese military to operate as a blue water navy that's able to sell, uh, sail around the world. Access to the base on the Gulf of Thailand will prove to be strategic and an advantage to the country of China. And they say that there has been a debate inside the U.S. government about what exactly China will do and how it will better use this to control the waterways. One former U.S. intelligence official is putting out one particularly bleak warning. What they're saying is that the United States of America is not ready. <clears throat> that over the past decade, China has built a number of military bases on reefs. They're reclaiming land, and they're getting ready for World War III. Now, these naval strategists, they say that if the U.S. and China does go to war, the U.S. will just bomb bases in the South China Sea. But in the case of this base, we would be bombing Cambodian territory. Now, Dennis Wilder, he's a CIA expert on the Chinese military. He says that this base in particular has the greatest strategic value to China, where tensions in the South China Sea boil over into military confrontation. It will extend, they say, and enhance China's naval operating capabilities towards these strategic shipping lanes in one of the pivotal straits, a choke point that in any conflict with the U.S. would prove volatile for our regional allies. A spokesperson for the Chinese embassy on the USA says that Cambodia states that its constitution bans foreign military bases on its soil, and that the construction of this base is only to strengthen Cambodia's capacity. Now in March, China and Cambodia held their first ever naval exercise in Cambodian territorial waterways. China does frequently respond to what is happening in the geopolitical spectrum, saying that the U.S. military has hundreds of military facilities around the world, including in Asia. They're right. Washington recently reached a deal with Manila. This deal provides the USA with military access to four new bases in the Philippines. Now, Lloyd Austin, 
becomes the first U.S. defense secretary to travel to Papua New Guinea in a visit that comes after other countries, two in particular, signed a security pact that will provide the USA with access to bases inside of their countries. A U.S. Navy handout that showed the Burke-class guided missile destroyer, uh, destroyer the USS Chung-Hoon, observing the Chinese PLA naval vessel while on its uh, transit, I think, I think it was through the Taiwan Strait, says that a naval base in Cambodia increases China's regional influence in the South China Sea, and it suggests that there are developing world actions rapidly becoming an arena for conflict and military competition with the USA. Even Medoros, a Chinese expert at Georgetown University, says that Africa, together with Latin America, will be next. Now, Black Sky, the imaging uh, corporation, says that the first signs of construction of a pier, which is long enough to berth warships, including aircraft carriers, came as soon as July. China has rapidly built up since one year ago. One associate head at the Asia Maritime Transparency Initiative, a think tank, said that this pier is similar to one other that has a section berthing Chinese aircraft carriers. They say that this is how it's going to be used. Now, the armed forces of Belarus are beginning to, first, for the first time, publicly train with Russia's exiled Wagner fighters. Video shows the Belarusian Defense Ministry, members of its special operations forces, and masked individuals in military fatigues working together with Wagner patches performing combat tasks at a training facility. They say, quote, we're trying to absorb everything like a sponge to analyze and to deploy in practice for the future. That's one unnamed Belarusian soldier quoted by the defense ministry statement. A four-day exercise which is taking place at a military base that is just three miles away from Poland's border, NATO's border, has Poland on the move. Poland has already pushed over 1,000 to 3,000 soldiers to its eastern border. They're pushing over tanks and they're getting ready for what Poland says to be any possible military scenario. Now, Russia says it's increasingly concerned about Poland's hostile reinforcements near the border with Belarus, and the Belarusian Defense Ministry says that these training exercises will improve Belarus's capabilities in the current geopolitical situation. You see, what they're doing right now is they're trying to policy speak or use political jargon in a way that doesn't directly inflame this war, but it tells the other side that, listen, we see you. This is important in conflict. You know, if you have a warring neighbor and you both have maybe laid low some threats or some low blows, but he knows that you see him, even if you don't say, I'm going to do this or I'm going to do that, and that's really the better way to deal with conflict is to not explicitly say what you're after or what you're going to do, but just let them know that you see them. This is how Russia, China, Belarus, Poland, all these other countries. But NATO is kind of warring on the side with words, saying, we're going to take you out if you do this. They're saying, give nukes to Ukraine. They're saying all these different, maybe sometimes inflammatory positions. Russia, China, Belarus, all these other nations, they're really on the defensive now in some ways. And that's what's going to drive this conflict into the next stage. You'll remember that Belarus is a training ground for Moscow. It's a staging area for the invasion of Ukraine. Belarusian President 
Alexander Lukashenko described the combat forces and what's happening in Ukraine as invaluable. He arranged last month for the exiled members of the Wagner force inside of Russia to move inside of Belarus in preparation for what comes next. Now, the Kremlin, Russia, says it's impossible to return to the now-defunct Black Sea grain deal. Now, we watch all sorts of grocery store analytics. We watch all sorts of information and data sets that come from different economists around the world. What they're saying right now, guys, honestly, it's scary. If you think it's hard to buy groceries now, or when you go and you finally get that receipt and you're watching it over, because people, 2019, they would just be like, oh, yeah, I got my buggy full and they're fine. They just go home. Now they're looking at that receipt because they literally can't believe that this receipt from the store, you know, it used to be, I just got paper towels here for some cleanup. It used to be this long. And you'd be like, oh, yeah, well, that was definitely worth $100. And then in 2020, it became this long. About 2021, your receipt got this long. And then in 2022 and 2023, this was the receipt it took to get you to 100 to $150 at the grocery store. You can literally walk in with a hand basket and walk out $100 poorer. This is what the grocery stores are saying. The producers are saying that the next couple of quarters are going to be even worse. And, you know, my son talked to me this morning about this. And he said, well, Dad, why don't these, uh, why don't the people just stop paying for it? And I just said, you know, you can't do that, really. Because as soon as you, as a person, or even worse, as a society, start to make negative changes towards your behaviors that you have had ingrained in you for years, things become to be affected in your mental health. So if you have scraped by for years and struggled and worked hard, but you've always bought that craft macaroni and cheese, then you've become accustomed to the fact that it has a specific taste. And then now you have to downgrade just to keep going to great value macaroni and cheese. And you're not quite used to the cardboardy, gritty taste of that different macaroni and cheese. Now it's in your mental health and why am I doing this? You start to get mad without even knowing you're getting mad. You start to feel anger without knowing it's boiling up inside of you. And so you begin to act out. People fight inside of their houses, they get mad at their work, they lose their job, they lose their house, they lose their uh, car. All these things kind of compound on top of each other. And that's where we're at right now. So I told my son, you know, there's really not much that people can do until they reach that point where they're so fed up that they're taking it out. And hopefully they take it out just in their pocketbooks first, just on the corporations. Look, the U.S. government, the Federal Reserve, said that if they want to control inflation, what do they need to do? Increase unemployment. They do that because enough people will be without work and without money that they can't pay for just their receipt to be this long in $150. And so the corporations will say, you know what? Well, we have to give them a little bit more. Let's roll out a BOGO deal. Uh, let's roll out some, uh, you know, buy two, get one free deals. And so your receipt gets a little bit longer. Your value of your dollar gets a little bit longer. But we're watching economists with Moody's, J.P. Morgan, all these other people right now saying that it's too late. And then when you look at that and contrast that information against China introducing a gold-backed, commodity-backed, currency possibly next month, the world is over for the USA. The empire will have fall, finally started its downward fall. Now, it might take a month, might take a year, might take 10 years. But what we know is next year is not going to be better than this one. 
And so as a prepper, a homesteader, a survivalist, just a aware individual, your best course of action is to prepare. I hope that you're doing that this very week. I'd appreciate it if you would leave a comment down in the comment box how people who may be struggling can make their receipt last a little bit longer, make it a little bit lengthier. Maybe what recipes could they use? What do you find to be a cheap and easy go-to food inside of your house? Anything that we can do to make our day-to-day -day run smoother, we will feel better as we sleep at night. Don't forget to lock your doors, close your windows, keep your family close, and now is not the time to make ill decisions. Be smart about everything that you do and get ready.